Hey, we're Angela and Stephanie, fellow pantser, plotter, and your new best friends. In an industry where doing all the things to make another buck and stay afloat seems to be trending, we're here to shift the conversation. On the Indie Author Lifestyle Show, we're committed to teaching you actionable strategies that lead to a successful indie author career and life. Grab your field mugs, bring your notepad, and let's get to work. Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Before we dig into another awesome episode, I have a few announcements that Stephanie and I are really excited about. First of all, it is 2021, and we know you're probably thinking about what can I do to make sure my book marketing is awesome, that I'm getting in front of readers, and that I am getting visible. And so to answer these questions, we recorded a free workshop called Simple Strategies for Boosting Your Book Sales. And so that is a free workshop. Dive in, listen to it. You can find it uh, at the bottom of the show notes. Head over to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com forward slash 039 and grab your complimentary workshop. And we hope things go well with you with book marketing. Uh, Feel free to come across to the show notes and let us know how it's going. And another excited announcement for you is that Fantasy Week is coming up for Pro Writing Aid. And we love using Pro Writing Aid. I use it to do my self-edits, and it really helps me get a bird's eye view of the things that are wrong with my story and how I can fix it. And so we're collaborating with Pro Writing Aid, and we're both doing different presentations for Fantasy Week. I will be talking a lot about ideals and how you can take those multiple ideas ideals and turn them into a fantasy story. And I'll let Stephanie share what she will be, what her topic is for fantasy week. Yeah. So for fantasy week, I'm focusing on how to write YA fantasy that readers will love. And so because that is the genre that I write in, that's what I'll be teaching on. I'm really excited about that presentation. I will be dropping um, both a recording and also doing a deep dive article for Pro Writing Aid that week. And they both will deal with writing young adult fantasy and how to just make it um, a book that readers love, a book that readers won't put down. So I'm really excited about those topics. Yeah, so you can sign up by coming across to the show notes. And again, we'll have those links there for you. You can sign up for Fantasy Week. You can grab a free workshop and really make 2021 your year. Speaking of, Stephanie, what is new in the world of writing for you? Yeah, so in the world of writing, my head is still down. I am in my first set of revisions for my next book, which is starting a new series about a mage princess and a siren prince. I haven't released too much details about it yet. Um, Only those who are on my email list, you know, they know the book title, what it's really about, when it's coming out, that kind of thing. And so I'm just, you know, just head down doing the work. I'm just getting these edits done. This time around, I am doing a lot of rewriting just because I did write this first draft in third person, but now I am learning that the story is better served in first person for my points of view. So I am essentially going back and rewriting everything from first person. So it is a bit laborious, but it's a lot more fun because I am able to understand the world a lot better and experience the world a lot better through the lens of my characters. So that's what I have going on. What about you? 
Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to read that one. You've been teasing me about it for like a year, it feels like. <laughs> uh, but I am, wow, I'm working on the final book in one of my series and I'm just writing, drafting, really enjoying the process. I think it's really important to kind of sit back and make sure that the process is something that is enjoyable. And so I'm in that moment where I'm digging into character motivations and their emotional state of being. And it's, it's an exciting journey. And so I'm enjoying getting into that and bringing out another book. And so that is it for me. We are about to turn over into our episode and our topic today is all about podcasting. And so Stephanie and I really enjoy podcasting. It is something that is absolutely fun for us, but our special guest, Maddie, is going to take us into a deep dive on podcasting, how it can benefit authors, and then also how you can actually use it as another revenue stream. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Today, we have a very special guest, Maddie Delrymple, and she is the author of the Indie Author's Guide to Podcasting for Authors, which I'm excited to dig into. Plus, she is a writer and author, and she does so much more. So Maddie, without further ado, thanks so much for being on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to become an author. Well, I had a, the story behind becoming an author is that uh, my father was an author. My father actually had some short stories published in Collier's and Cosmopolitan back in the 50s. Uh, he was being pretty successful at the short story gig. And that was something that I always wanted. But other than a couple of short stories that I wrote in college, I really didn't have an idea for a story that really grabbed me. And then in 2011, my husband and I were vacationing in Yellowstone at the uh, Lake Yellowstone Inn, which if ever there was an inn that was going to be haunted, it would be the Lake Yellowstone Inn. And um, I started telling him about this idea I had for a woman who could sense spirits. And she had a business around her spirit sensing ability. And she encounters, she goes to a house where the reader knows a murder happened and encounters the spirit of the murder victim. And I just had this one scene in mind and I said, it's playing out in my head like a movie script, but I don't really want to write a screenplay. And my husband said, well, you know, turn it into a novel. So two and a half years later, I published The Sense of Death, which was the first Anne Kinnear suspense novel. And since then I've published two more in the Anne Kinnear suspense series plus a number of short stories. And then I have a second uh, series called the Lizzie Ballard Thrillers, also about a young woman who has an extraordinary ability. My tagline for my books is, what happens when an extraordinary ability transforms an ordinary life? And so Lizzie has a slightly different extraordinary ability than Anne Kinnear. And after I had been at that for a while, I started getting really interested in the writing and publishing worlds and especially the indie world. And then I started my nonfiction platform, The Indie Author, Indie with a Y, I-N-D-Y. And I currently have a podcast, The Indie Author Podcast, and uh, have two books. One is uh, Taking the Short Tack, which is all about creating income and connecting with readers using short fiction. And then the book, the second book, which we're going to be talking about today, which is The Indie Author's Guide to Podcasting for Authors. 
Awesome. Well, I'd love to hear kind of an overview of your two nonfiction books and who they help. And so let's start with your um, short fiction book, uh, just because I've been writing a kind of a short fiction series and it's been a lot of fun. And so I'd love to hear kind of what readers could benefit from reading that book. Well, I had the, the background of that book is that I had started writing Anne Kinnear Suspense shorts because I had published the first two Anne Kinnear Suspense novels, The Sense of Death and The Sense of Reckoning. And then I had this idea for this other story that was going to be with Lizzie Ballard. And I said to all my Anne Kinnear fans, just stand by while I write this one book and then I'll be back to Anne. And that was Rock, Paper, Scissors. And then I had a second idea for Lizzie's Adventures that became Snakes and Ladders. And I was still telling the Anne fans just stand by. And then by the time I realized that Lizzie was really a trilogy and I needed to get the third one done, I thought I really need to give them a little taste of Anne to tie them over. And so I started writing suspense shorts and I was really at sea as to what to do with them. I had published them on all the online retail platforms for 99 cents. And I had used one as a reader magnet for my email newsletter. And I had to, uh, contributed one to a, uh, an anthology to support a local library. But then I felt like I could be doing more with it and I didn't know what. And I heard uh, Mark Leslie Lefebvre, who has the Stark Reflections on Writing and Publishing podcast, just say a little snippet about short fiction. And he's been very successful in the short fiction market. And so as a patron of his podcast, I sent him a note and I said, Mark, I think you could really have a, a whole episode on this. I'd love to hear a whole episode on what you can do with short fiction. And he very graciously did. I think he called it 10 things you can do to earn money with your short stories. But of course he's an overachiever. So he gave 13. And then I got back in touch with him and I said, I really think there's a book in this. Would you be interested in co-authoring a book with me? And he very graciously said, yes. And so we wrote, taking the short tack, creating income and connecting with readers using short fiction. And it was really a great partnership because um, Mark has, has experience across sort of the gamut of short fiction, both the indie world and the traditional world. But I at least could bring the experiences that I had had publishing the Ankenier Suspense shorts. But it was also a great partnership because if you listen to Mark's podcast or see him on the draft to digital events where he's the director of business development. Um, he's a very touchy feely guy. You know, he's all, all about the connections and the, the um, bonding with the readers. And I'm all about the logistics. I came from a couple of decades of being a project manager in the corporate world. So either we were going to drive each other crazy or it was going to be the perfect partnership. And it turned out to be the perfect partnership because I think we really had all the aspects covered. And so we really broke taking the short tack, which is named because I love nautical metaphors for all things publishing and writing. We broke it down into creating income and connecting with readers. And then within each of those larger sections, we have, um, we have a breakdown of the various purposes, the various uses you can put short fiction to. And then we also have a section on best practices that apply across any of those. So for example, how to get affordable covers for your short fiction, um, how, to, uh, how to promote it across whether it's, whether you're using it for creating income or connecting with readers. And then in the end, we say the beauty of this is that you don't have to pick just one. 
if you've been careful about the rights you've signed away with your short fiction, then you can put one piece of work to many, many uses uh, pursuing that. So yeah, that was really the story behind taking the short tech. Yeah, I love that. That sounds really exciting. And we'll definitely include that in the show notes too, because that sounds like a fun book to read and just to get a bunch of ideals for how to really hone in and make a living with short fiction too. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I just really quickly, I find this fascinating because Angela and I both write fantasy and especially Angela, she started off with like long form epic fantasy, right? And a lot of our guests have also been fantasy writers who can sometimes be on the epic side. And so I think it's really interesting because oftentimes we've talked on the show about building an author career with that, you know, genre and like those kinds of books. And here you are, you know, sharing and teaching, educating about building a career with short fiction, which I love that idea because especially like when you're constantly writing mammoths to be able to have that short fiction in between to like breathe and then dump, jump back into um, a bigger project. I really like that. And I just have a question. So for those who are listening and they're like, okay, like this might be um, an avenue for me you know, or either it's another stream of income or this might actually the basis of their career, how would they even start? You know, um, is this something that's like a convoluted way of starting or is it like, you know, do you have to write to market when you're doing shorter fiction? Like, like if is that the smarter strategy? Like what should um, listeners do Listeners do when they're like, okay, I think I would like to go the shorter fiction route that's easier for me and um, more manageable? I don't think that you'd be able to make a living only with short fiction. So, I mean, there are probably a couple of exceptions that prove the rule, but I totally agree with the one of multiple streams of income approach. When Mark started, when Mark Lefebvre started writing short fiction, it was very specifically because the advice he was hearing is that if you want a traditional publishing deal for a novel length work, it's helpful to have short fiction and have had it published to illustrate to an agent or an editor that you can write, you can write to a deadline, you can write to a particular genre, that you're a professional author. And I'm not sure that's so true anymore, but I think that short fiction is just great for so many other reasons. And you had mentioned one of them as sort of a palate cleanser uh, to maybe as a break between two epic works that you're working on. Or maybe you're thinking about diving into a new genre with a novel, but you don't want to invest the time to write the novel and then find out it falls flat with readers. And you can always test it with, um, with a piece of short fiction. So those aren't exactly, uh, well, the first one could be money-making, the idea of the palate cleanser, because if you're stuck on a long work, you know, you're not making any money from it. So even though the piece of short fiction might only be saleable for a small amount, you're clearing the way for something that might make you more money um, with uh, more money through the books, through the novel, it will enable you to get through. So there are, um, there are certainly ways you can make money from short fiction strictly through the traditional route, you know, turning over a piece of work to a publication that's interested in it, getting paid for that. As I had mentioned, it can be published on a retail platforms like um, 
Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Kobo and all those other online platforms. Uh, all of mine are available only in eBooks. So it's a relatively inexpensive way to get content out there because everything's less expensive. You know, the cover's less expensive to get done. The editing is less expensive to get done. And you have a piece of content out there to either satisfy your fans, especially if they're waiting for a novel length work to come along or to attract new readers. They can read that as a little, um, a little taste of what you have to offer with the longer works. So yeah, definitely part of uh, a larger plan, both from the income generation point of view. And then obviously you can reach people much more frequently with short fiction than you can with long fiction. So if you're writing the 100,000, 150,000, 200,000 word epic novel, there's going to be like a long period of time between uh, those kind of products. But if you have pieces of short fiction, you're being able to connect with readers in that way, in a way that's more likely to carry them forward into that longer work that you're working on. Yeah, I love that. That's definitely something I use short fiction for kind of as a palate cleanser and then also to give readers a taste and then kind of pull them in and go, okay, if you like that, but you were sad because it was short, I do have full length novels <laughs> so they can continue reading the book. So it just kind of keeps them on the hook, which, which I love. But um, yeah, like it's really cool to hear about the, the short fiction and the way that um, you did that. But then I also love to hear a little bit about your book for podcasting. And so would you share about that? And, you know, you also have a podcast. And so I'd love to hear more about what you do. Yeah, the podcasting for authors book really came about because I was just sort of collecting these thoughts that I had about very as various aspects of the writing craft and the publishing voyage, as I like to call it in line with my nautical metaphors. And it started falling into, as with taking the short tack, which was focused on creating income and connecting with readers, it started falling into kind of a similar set of general categories. Um, establishing connections with guests, uh, establishing connections with listeners, and then creating income either directly or indirectly. And the um, it really started for me and continues to be very much a networking effort. So I'll get to the creating income part in a moment. But when I first started podcasting, it was people who belonged to the local writers group that I belonged to. And I wanted to be able to talk to them about their areas of expertise, like short fiction or using media to get your message out to readers or making the decision to move to being a full-time writer. You know, if there was this wealth of knowledge in the group that I was a member of that I wanted to tap into for myself. And then I also wanted to pay it forward by sharing that out with other groups, with other, other writers. And so I thought a podcast would be a good way to do that. That was back in 2016. And I was podcasting very infrequently or very irregularly. Sometimes it was frequently and sometimes it wasn't frequently. So not ideal from the point of view of building up a listenership, but it was great because I got to talk with people about things that they knew a lot about. And then in return, I was able to give them a nice audio and video product that they could further share out with their followers. And then last year in 2019, I left my corporate job and started doing this full time. And I'm a huge believer in the multiple streams of income. So I wanted to build up both my 
um, fiction and nonfiction platforms. And so I realized I needed to be more regular about the presentation. And I moved, first of all, to a biweekly and then to a weekly schedule with the episodes. But as I went along, there were these uh, ideas that kept coming to me that I thought, oh, if only I had known this early on, this would have really smoothed my path. And so I started collecting them into this book, into the, the general sections of connecting with guests, connecting with listeners, and, and creating income. And I built it around the nautical metaphor. So as with Taking the Short Tack, the book on short fiction, every chapter starts with a quote about sailing, boating, the ocean as an illustration of whatever follows. And so I had fun with that, looking for quotes that were appropriate for the different topics. But it really runs the gamut from very strategic questions. You know, what do you want to accomplish with your podcast? Do you want it to be strictly a networking effort? Do you want it to be a money-making effort? Um, you know, through very, very tactical things like... Um, don't forget to make sure the dogs have been out <laughs> before you hit record so you don't get interrupted. And hopefully we won't get interrupted here with a big outburst of barking. And I'm sure you guys have encountered all those too, you know, in your own podcasting experience, those things you think, oh man, if I had only known. That see, there we go. A little podcasting faux pas, right? You start talking and you're still on mute. These are the <laughs> things. These are the things that happen, you know, all the exactly. time. Exactly. Um, and I love that there's a book about it because there is such a wealth in podcasting. Uh, just be, you know, like how you shared about communicating and just having those conversations with, you know, the individuals in your group. And that's honestly how we started, you know, talking to friends and really not just necessarily picking their brains, but really understanding like their expertise and their approach to the craft and their career and how they made it happen. And, you know, how they're, you know, just going along with changes that come with whatever, um, you know, like, changes that come with publishing and writing and all of that especially with this year I mean like it's been wild and authors have had to adjust for sure but um no so I really love that approach and for those who are writers and they're you know learning about okay you know when you decide I'm going to be an author you're really deciding I'm going to be an entrepreneur I am starting this business. <laughs> and so it's not just let me write these words and then like maybe something will happen. You know, like there are so many different aspects to it. You've got to market, you've got to get out there. Um, but you also have to be, you know, cognizant of, oh, I need to have different streams here, especially if you're going to do it full time. Um, it's rare, you know, um, that we get the golden ticket right out of the gate. We write a book and it just flies off the handle. Like I know every, <laughs> every author at their first book, it's like, yes, this is it. I am going to be the next so-and-so and you know they publish and it dies <laughs> like, yeah. you know like it doesn't go anywhere and it's like okay I've got to write another one I've got to do some other things here and so for authors who want to get into it you know they're like okay well I mean I think I'm extroverted enough which you know you really don't have to be an extrovert to be a podcaster but you know for those that are like well I, I would like to try this how would you encourage them to start podcasting and like getting into this space because it's really available for all of us you know like you don't have to spend hours writing a blog to get out your message you can actually you know have a more effective way of doing that by having conversations you know you turn on the mic you turn on the camera and you just chat 
Yeah, there is so much there to delve into. So one recommendation I would have is try a couple of episodes. So record a couple to make sure that you're going to want to continue with it. Because a statistic I heard a lot, and I was never able to find the definitive source of the statistic, but I heard it over and over again, is that 75% of podcasts that start never get past seven episodes. And so it would be heartbreaking to start and then fall into one of those 75% of the podcasts where you find out it's not for you. And it's not only disappointing for you, it's disappointing for the people who have found you and enjoy it. And so what I would recommend is start small and it may not even be video, especially for people who are introverts. The idea of doing video might be alarming. And so you might decide you're at first only going to put out an audio only very basic uh, service and and create a couple of episodes before you start putting them up to see how it's going. And one of the recommendations I make is start small and work your way up. So it's better to add video later than it is to um, pull back on video if you decide it's not for you, if you love the audio side, but you don't like the video side. So always be giving the listeners more and more, not less and less. One of the things that even when I wrote the book, I was, I was vacillating on this is that I create a full transcript of all my interviews uh, using Descript, which is the tool I use to do the audio and video editing. And it creates a, a fairly good automated transcript, but not perfect. And so I was spending hours and hours on the transcript. And Every time I was ready to, every time I got to the end of editing a transcript, I was like, that's it. I'm not doing that anymore. But at that point, I had set an expectation that I was going to provide a transcript. And I started hearing from people who said, I'm not really a listener, but I love to read. And so there are some people who are listeners of the podcast with air quotes, who were actually just reading the transcripts. So I realized that if I could get a little faster editing the transcript, it would be worth my time. The other benefit being that I get some search engine optimization benefits from having a lot of content, not just the, the audio files on my website for the, for the podcast. So that would be one, start small. There's actually, if somebody, if anybody's interested in this, there's a page on my website on theindieauthor.com that's Indy with a Y, I-N-D-Y. One of the tabs is podcasting for authors. And there's a, a file on there called um, the captain's log. So, you know, along with the nautical metaphor that I use for the book, at the end of every chapter, I had a couple of questions related to that chapter and asked people to note their answers to it so that they could think through what they had just read. And they would also have a record of that for later on when they wanted to look back and see how their podcast was stacking up to what they had planned for it. And some of those early questions in, in the downloadable captain's log, which you can uh, just get off the website, were, you know, what do you want to achieve? Who do you want to talk to? What do you want to talk to them about? You know, if you can't come up with 50 topics that you might want to talk about, you probably either don't want to do a podcast or you've, you've picked too narrow a, a subject. So that captain's log really walks you through from the most strategic to the most tactical questions, is podcasting going to be right for you? And I think it, it would save people some pain, either who find that podcasting isn't for them or 
they love podcasting, but they might've just jumped into it without thinking through it if it weren't for an exercise like the captain's log. Yeah, I really like that ideal. And we'll definitely include a link to that in the show notes uh, so listeners can find it. But I, I do like the idea of kind of thinking it through and being strategic about beginning. Uh, you know, I was thinking it back to it and I think I've started podcasting a couple of times and it went nowhere. And I think uh, the Indie Author Lifestyle Podcast is like my third attempt and it actually works because it's not just me. I have accountability. And so it's Stephanie and I, and so we both know, okay, we're going to show up at this time and we're going to do this. And that's the only reason it's still going. <laughs> it's like having an exercise buddy. Yes. You kind of have to go to the gym if your exercise buddy is waiting for you there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that. It's having that accountability. But uh, one of my questions is, so we're all authors um, Stephanie and I write fantasy. How, what recommendations do you have for people that are trying to decide what to talk about, I guess, because I, I have heard a lot of podcasts that are for, um, that are just kind of geared towards helping authors with their, their business and kind of learning about that. I've also listened to podcasts that were very creative and they were just storytelling and it was fascinating. So kind of what advice do you have around um, authors that are like, hey, I love, I love the idea of podcasting. It's so much easier just to talk to an audience instead of writing something out to them. Um, what suggestions would you have for, for them on kind of narrowing down what, what they should talk about. I do think that podcasting strictly on the basis of fiction work is tough if your goal is income creation. So if you're thinking about doing a podcast about epic fantasy, for example, then I think it would be important to think through what you're hoping to get from that. Are you hoping to familiarize people in your listenership with work of other epic fantasy authors? Do you just love it so much that you want to share exam you know, great examples of the genre out with people? That would be a perfectly legitimate reason to want to do that podcast, but it's probably not going to end up leading to bettering your business position so much because I think those fiction podcasts are more, they develop a relationship more between the guest and the listener than between the host and the listener. So there are podcasts, episodes that I've listened to because a friend of mine has been the guest. And I'll follow that, that author to other podcasts, but I'm not likely to continue listening to that podcast just because the author that I liked was on it. Whereas if you have a topic on nonfiction, it seems more likely that people follow, that you're building the relationship between the host and the guest, not between, I'm sorry, you're building a relationship between the host and the listener, as well as the guest and the listener. And so you're benefiting your guest and you're benefiting yourself from a business point of view through that. The idea that, that fiction is a hard sell is one that uh, I have sort of confirmation from Jay Thorne on. So uh, Jay Thorne was one of the hosts of the um, Career Author Podcast with Zach Bohannon. And Jay and Zach have both been guests on the Indie Author Podcast. They just wrapped up the Career Author Podcast. And now they are podcasting with J.D. Barker on Writers Inc. And um, uh, 
Jay had a book come out recently called um, Nine Things Career Authors Don't Do Podcasting, <laughs> which is one of the resources that I linked to on that podcasting for authors page on the indie, uh, the indieauthor.com. And he was the one who first said that. And he's speaking from experience because he did have a fiction focused podcast that he wasn't able to make work from a business point of view. So again, I think it's, it's taking a look at your goals and seeing if the topic that you're thinking about is aligned with those goals and then thinking through what that might look like in the early, the early and even the mid and long-term execution of them. So if you wanted to do a podcast on epic fantasy, list the 50 topics that you'd want to talk to people about regarding epic fantasy. And if you can't come up with 50, it's probably uh, the wrong topic. One of the things that I mull about a little bit in the book is the idea of niching down. And it seems as if the, the more niche, that's the trend right now. You know, the more niche, the better. And the argument that I've read in a lot of places is that if you are fanatically committed to fly fishing with a certain kind of lure in Montana, you could probably have a successful <laughs> podcast on fly fishing with a certain kind of lure in Montana, and you'd have a super, super committed listenership, but a tiny listenership. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you could have something very, very general, which opens up more topic areas, but you know, you diffuse the audience a little bit. And I have to say that I define the topics of the Indie Author Podcast as the writing craft and the publishing voyage, which means that pretty much anything that a writer would be interested in is, is fair game for me to talk to. And when I started hearing this idea about the importance of niching down, I started questioning that and thinking, oh, you know, have I cast my net too wide? But it was interesting that one of the reasons that, um, that the Career Author Podcast discontinued is that it was always Jay and Zach, uh, Jay Thorne and Zach Bohannon talking about topics from their own experience. That was the format they had decided on. And they'd had, I won't say a number, but a lot of podcast stuff, you know, they had, they had played that out for a long time, but at some point they just said, you know, how often can we talk about how we get our book covers designed? Like we've tapped that out. And so Another question to answer if people are thinking about doing podcasting is the specificity or the generality of your topic and weighing that having a super committed tiny audience versus having perhaps a more diffuse but larger audience depending on the generality of your topic. So that would be some, some tips for people as they're thinking about what a topic might be for their podcast. Yeah. And I just have um, a final question for me when it comes to like podcasting. Um, so we talked about, you touched a little bit on actually like monetizing it. Right. So I know a lot of individuals, they podcast just for, I won't say the heck of it, but like, just because it's fun, it's a way of having conversation and just learning what's in people's minds about certain topics without necessarily, oh, let me monetize this. Let me actually make this a stream of income. And so how would an author, once they get comfortable, once they've done it and they're like, oh, okay, I can keep this going. How do they go about monetizing their podcast and actually making it another sustainable stream of income? 
So it really falls into two areas. There'd be direct income and indirect income. And by direct income, that's basically patronage, sponsorships, or affiliate relationships. And so I have pursued all three of those for the Indie Author Podcast. I am an affiliate with a number of products and services that are valuable for writers. So Draft to Digital, Vellum, the Alliance of Independent Authors, those are all organizations or, or companies that I have affiliate relationships with. So when I can legitimately and honestly recommend one of those tools to a listener of the podcast and they purchase through my affiliate link, then I'm earning some income that way. I'm also an affiliate of Amazon. And so if somebody likes my lighting and they want to know what kind of light I use for my podcast, I can send them or I can post, I would post it on my website, post a link to an Amazon affiliate link to uh, the light. And that's great because if you're an Amazon affiliate and somebody goes to Amazon and they purchase the light, and then they also purchase a bale of toilet paper, a sweater, and a cooking pot, you get credit for all of that. If they buy it all at the same time as the affiliate thing, you get credit for all of it. So it can be a great moneymaker. The downside is it's Amazon. So you have a certain number of people that you're going to alienate by providing them with an Amazon link. But I always careful to say, you know, if you want to buy it on Amazon, here's the link. If you want to buy it somewhere else, that's okay too. Um, so I'm providing that information, both as a money-making opportunity for myself, but also as a service to them to help them find those, those products. Uh, sponsorships, I actually just started my first um, official sponsor hi, of the Indie Author Podcast, which is Nicholas, Eric, and Lee Savino's six-figure author marketing challenge. And uh, that's been super fun uh, because, again, it was a course that I took that I loved and I could honestly say that I, I could honestly recommend it to people as something that I thought would benefit them as well. And then patronage, there are platforms like Patreon, that's the one I use, where people can, um, can patronize you for a certain dollar amount per month. And in, in return, they usually get special things like extra content or merchandise or something like that, something to incent them to that relationship. Or the other thing that has proved really valuable for me is something like buy me a coffee. There are other things like this out there, but buy me the coffee, buy me a coffee is the one I use. And I position Patreon as what I point people to if they want to make a continuing contribution to the podcast. And I point them to buy me a coffee if there's a particular episode that they really liked. And as I pitch it, did you listen to this episode and think, I wish I could buy Maddie a cup of coffee. You can do that. And that has been very profitable too, because people might hear an episode that was on a topic that they really specifically care about. Maybe it's the only episode of the podcast they ever listened to. Maybe they know the guests and guests, and that's why they listen to it. Um, and they can buy you a virtual cup of coffee or five virtual cups of coffee if they're really, really happy with it. Um, so that has been uh, really beneficial too. And I think patronage is becoming more and more a viable option because I think early on in the life of the internet, there was this feeling like, whoa, look at all this stuff I can get for free. But now I think people are starting to understand that that content takes time and effort to create and that there's more and more a feeling that you could get it for free, but 
people are more willing to to patronize the, the creators that are giving them that content through programs like that. So those are the uh, those are the direct income creation strategies. And then indirectly, I had an episode of the Indie Author Podcast about using a podcast as content marketing with uh, Jerry Williams, who used to work for the FBI and has, has now become kind of the go-to person for any um, author, uh, screenwriter who is portraying the FBI and needs somebody to advise them about it. And, uh, and she has a podcast based on uh, retired FBI case files. And so she's able to attract people who are interested in that topic and then offer them her consulting services, her books. She has books about that topic. So that would be a way that an, a podcast can direct people to other money-making options you have. For other people, it could be online courses, um, services, you know, all sorts of things, as long as the topic is tied in with the topic of the podcast. Yeah, that is fantastic. And it's really great to hear the breakdown of how many options there are for monetizing the podcast and just different creative ways that authors who are interested in this can dig in and make it another stream of income. And yeah. and like you said, I think it's smart to think of it as a to kind of think about your career as, you know, having multiple streams of income. Um, Stephanie and I are big fans of the multiple streams of income and making sure that, you know, you do have something to fall back on just in, th in case one thing gets a little shaky or you have to figure out how to pivot and, you know, increase your income again. And so, Maddie, this has been so enlightening and fantastic hearing about your journey podcasting and as an author and a writer and, you kind of have this ability to, to do it all, it feels like. <laughs> and so- well, This um, has been so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it's great. All right, well, Maddie, this is fantastic advice and it's really great hearing the ins and outs of podcasting and the different ideals for authors as they are considering taking this step. So I know we're running out of time. Do you have any final words or advice for authors who are interested in getting started with podcasting? Well, I think that the real draw of podcasting is that you can form a connection with people through the spoken word in a way that it's very hard to form a connection with the written word. And I feel a little bit bad saying that as a writer, but if I think about blogging, for example, like early on when I was starting to ramp up a nonfiction platform, I was doing blogs and they were fine. You know, I think that they had some useful information in them, but I'm sure that somebody who read the blog post a week later, they might've retained it, retained a tidbit or two, but they would not know me. They would not have a sense of me as a person. They wouldn't have formed any kind of bond with me <laughs> through my blog post. And so I think that the real power of podcasting is that ability to build a more personal and long-lasting relationship with the people that you want to serve with your information. And so to me, that's really the greatest strength of podcasting is being able to take advantage of that means of communication. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And um, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. And we'll definitely include links back to your website and your books in the show notes. And I really enjoyed having you on. Thank you. Thank you. This has been so much fun. I'm so pleased to have been here.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. The journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms is easier than you think. With workshops, writing, and marketing resources, and more, we're here to help you live your best indie author life. Ready to dive in? Visit IndieAuthorLifestyle.com for more details. Let's chat again in the next episode.